Good morning. Welcome to the We Are Driven podcast, where we equip you with the tools to succeed in your pursuit of excellence in business, fitness, and cars. This is episode 72. My name is Arun Kumar, and I am the driver, and I'm here with my co-host, Dan LaRue. How are you doing, Dan? Good morning, Arun and listeners. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right today. A little muted in your enthusiasm. You know what? I don't know why that is. I have no reason to be a little bit muted. My apologies. You're not smiling. Oh, now you're smiling on the phone. There, yeah, so we're smiling on the phone today. We'll get to that topic later. The reminder, if you like what you hear here, please share the show. Our listenership is continuing to grow, and I'm very pleased about that, and I would Heck love yeah. for it to continue to grow as the, you know, going on 20 to 25 people who are listening every single week to two episodes I'm very grateful to all of you who are tuning in and to those of you who are new and are clicking on a link that we're sharing on Facebook or LinkedIn or through the YouTube channel or whatever. I'm glad you're here too. I'm glad you want to check this out, that you clicked on this podcast and that you want to hear some of what we're doing and we appreciate your support. And if you do like what you hear, if you do share the show, you are growing the driven community and the driven community as it continues to grow will be a force for good in the world. And I'm very excited to be able to say that. I believe that what we're teaching here really is changing the world for the better and uniting motivated car enthusiasts and people like us to get better as human beings and to create a positive influence in the world around us. So Thank you all for being here. Dan, do you have any sort of fun or factual topic of discussion to start off this episode? Yeah, there's actually two cool things going on in the world of today. Uh, On October 26th, it appears that the UAW has called off the strike against Ford. They have a tentative contract to reach 25% in raises over the next, uh, I think it's four years is what I read. Um, So that's good news. Hopefully they use that deal to kind of uh, transition that into GM and Chrysler. Sure. Uh, I still still think it's terrible for the market, but I think it's just better short term to get these people back to work before we're out of cars to sell. And then that affects my business. Uh, Right. So I, I, Hope that this gets it done in the short term. We'll see how the long term plays out, but I, I don't think it'll help. Oh, who knows? I, I can't. I can't tell the future. Um, what the really interesting news of the day? Mazda has pitched the rotary engine again. Really? Appar- apparently, uh, they just came out with a concept of a MX-5 Miata. They will have a hybrid rotary, which oh. I I do not understand how they plan to make that efficient whatsoever. Um, but if they bring it back, I'm all in. I'm all ears. I wonder how that's going to sound. Because you, can you that's imagine? What I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly my point. Why I'm like, this is kind of cool. I hope they go through with it because I, I I've always thought that rotaries have sounded cool. Well, and you know um, how you know, a hybrid, you pull away from a traffic light and then the engine starts up Yeah, when right. you hit 10 miles an hour or whatever. Can you imagine? Oh, one of those straight piped? Heck yeah. <laughs> well, and did you hear the song that came out recently with, oh, I'm, I'm going to forget who it is. So I probably won't say some famous rapper and Hurt from Hoonigan came out with a song. Oh, yeah. Um, baby got rap (laughs) yeah i was gonna say i I briefly saw that yeah yeah so they are out there celebrating the rotary engine of old the classic one yeah and now mazda's come out i wonder if that was planned you know i i don't know they just had it uh released yesterday a lot of people thought that it was going to be the new rx um but they're they're pitching it as a Miata, which I thought it looked more like a Miata myself. Um, but I would be interested to see the Dorito engine again. And it's for those who want to Google it, it's called the Mazda Iconic SP. Is mm-hmm. that right? Is that what you're saying? Uh yeah. 
it's something along those lines or MX five Miata concept, any sort of new Miata rotary Google will get you there. Google will get you there. Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't (laughs) hate the look of it either. I, I, maybe it's because it, the back end 100% looks like a Lotus, but, Uh. (laughs) but you know, it also kind of reminds me of the 400 Z. Yes. A little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. So we'll, we'll see. It, we'll see. I I thought that was a really cool piece of news yeah. in the auto world. And we'll see what it turns out to look like after the the Oh yeah, they they always concept. look different. It is yeah. well it's like the current Supra I thought looked way better in the concept than the finished oh, product. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean way better in the concept. Yeah. The worst part is they actually built the concept and it was functional. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the worst part of that whole uh, thing. All right. Well, that is interesting news. I know. Well, that there's, was a good one. Finally, no, no UAW crap. Well, there, you definitely started out with some UAW. Well, crap. well that was but, good news, though. Yeah. Well, I want to see. I haven't read. Have you read any more of the fine print on that? No, I haven't. I or just even saw the that. medium print. Yeah, because I, I want to know. Like, did they get their four day work week? I would assume no. I I I would bet that they got the minimum that Ford was willing to give. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. But it's and, it you know it, it is going to be. I mean, twenty five percent is pretty significant, but. Yeah. The, How does the that compare is, to inflation? Really? Right. Like it's probably, honestly, something that is due. Yeah. It, the thing is, though, is that they were going on six weeks, almost seven. Like, they're. That's going to hurt. Y- yeah. I mean, they got to be scraping at the barrel at this point, I would assume. Yeah. yeah. But who, okay. who knows? We'll see what it comes out to be. Yeah. All right, I got a hypothetical question for you. Okay. It, it's actually not hypothetical, but it's my way of transitioning to the next segment. If you saw a 2013 Audi S4 six-speed on any sort of automotive auction platform being offered no reserve and having 87,000 miles, what would you think it would uh, hammer for? A 13 S4? Yes. Manual, yes. Yeah, so that's a B eight. It's a B eight point five. Yeah, yeah. Eighty seven thousand miles, blue with black leather. That's a tough one because like they don't really hold value that great, but they still hold some value. I bet probably somewhere like twenty five. Your your guess is twenty five on that one. Yeah. Okay, this is your official guess for this week. Okay. Okay, you're going with 25? I I, I would guess. Do you want to know what it's at right now? It's probably more than that. Do, do you want to know what it's at? Yeah, what's it at? It's at 11 and a half. With a day to go. With a day to go. And it has, so a little bit more information about it. Uh, it, it has a minor accident on the Carfax for damage to the roof. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. It has it has a forward it has basically like a front clip PPF job. Just like mine. Aftermarket wheels, 18-inch Enki wheels. Yeah, the, the thing is with that car is like there's it's still a desirable year for Audi. Like I still see B8s everywhere. Uh in most of the motor is good. The motor is good yeah. to to a point, but the supercharger is it, that platform's a little bit easier to modify currently than the new one. Mm, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And you know they also have a lot of cool things like the six-speed manual, which is a really rare add. Um, and they the autos were also DSGs, so you could do mm. like actual like launch controls and anti right. lag and stuff like that. So I I, I still think eleven five is low. I definitely think it's in that twenty grand range, but who knows? We'll see. All right, I would buy well, it. Yeah, it's a, it a cool car. Get in there. <laughs> no, I'm no, currently the need, high bidder on the car. Are you? But, yeah, I'm the. I'm at a four thousand dollars on a nineteen eighty eight 
420 you, SEL. You bid, on a, you bid on an 80s car? Yeah, dude. What's wrong with you? It's Are the you... same one I had before. It's the Mercedes. <laughs> if you go to the YouTube channel, the Driven Diaries YouTube channel, you will see me talking everybody through my old 1989 oh. 420 SEL. And oh. I want another one that actually works. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So that's your bid. We'll update the listeners on last week. I'll roll with it. So last week gave you a Ford GT and you guessed it would go for 900,000. It no sailed at 855. Ouch. Yeah. That's a high number. That's like 200,000 over sticker. I'm surprised it didn't get there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised. The the problem is I don't really know if we're in the market for that level of car. Maybe we are. Also, that car was very specific. It's a one of one. So, yeah. It yeah. the one of one cars are usually polarizing usually a tougher. Yeah. Yeah. That that car would probably do better at like a Meekum or a Barrett Jackson than I could see that. Trailer. I could see that, yeah. I mean the yeah. guys that owned two here in Omaha sent theirs to Barrett Jackson last year, I believe, for that same reason, because they were one of one. One of them was like Angry Bird Green. Ooh. Yeah, it was freaking <laughs> hot. And the other one was right. like ruby red, like that dark red. These are some cool colors. For yeah. any, even the, the burnt orange one from last week. That's still a cool color. It's interesting. Yeah, orange is not yeah. my color, but it was interesting enough. All right. Well, so so you were off by 5% last week. Yeah. Now we get to hear for the bloodbath that was the DeLorean. Yeah, see, and, and I tried <laughs> to help you. Yeah, but I, I tried. Heard you you did in that you let me go back to sixty <laughs> for my even higher bid, but it turns out I was way off, and it went for twenty or not twenty forty seven thousand well, five hundred dollars. Well, here I'll help you out with the bloodbath here because I was reading through the comments this morning, and someone commented, "May call cops, believe a theft just occurred as it sold." So oh. Okay, so it clearly went for way less than what it, people sure. thought it should have been. Okay, then I feel better about myself. Yeah, yeah, people were like, that went insanely cheap. Okay, so good to uh, know. But there was some assumptions that maybe it was cheaper because it was an auto, not the manual. Sure. Uh, but it was definitely like based on what I saw, it was on the low side. Fair enough. Fair so I'm, I'm trying to make you feel a little bit better here. I don't. <laughs> it's all about the numbers, and I'm falling behind on the numbers after that one. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so what do you got for me this week? Let's see if I can make it up with some redemption here. All right. So a coworker of mine had one of these a few years ago, um, and I, I just I really love them. Um, it is a 19... 19- 65. Oh no. <laughs> Chevrolet Chevy 2 Nova Wagon. And it is I I would assume that this would fall into the resto mod category because it is Vortec powered. I think it's the wrong motor in there. Um but that could be changed fairly easily. This thing easily. is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, man, it's ruby red, bronze wheels. Or gold wheels, I guess. Those wheels are gross on this color core. I, you They're know what? Wrong. I don't hate it. I honestly I hate don't. It. That's I don't terrible. hate it. <laughs> uh, I just really love this wagon. Look at lot. those seats. What are they? Th- those are interesting seats. Those are probably factory. Mm, they are not. They're they not. Are, they are scat pro car seats. Oh, never mind then. Yeah, scat is a seat manufacturer in southern california i would put the bench back in it if it were me but i don't know i really like uh i really like these old wagons and this one caught my eye uh, i was i almost picked another testarossa but i figured uh, another I testarossa this one was twin turbo it was cool oh geez that would have been an interesting one as well i know i was like man i can't do that again uh well, yeah, I think it's the wrong motor and transmission. So a 5.3 liter Vortec um, and a 4L60E four-speed automatic. Just, I don't think that's wrong the right trans platform. also. 
Yeah, I think that Yikes. could totally be changed into something a little bit more fun. Um, for about the same price as what a Vortec probably costs. Sure. So. Uh, uh, all right. I'm going to say 18. You think 18? Yeah. 18. I mean, it does have two hours ago or two and a half hours ago. Yeah. So I went with a short one this morning. You did. I don't know if it, I, mean, I don't know what these would really go for. Change anything as to whether it makes it easier or not. It's just yeah. like I think my coworker in 2017, 2018, I think he paid like twenty five ish for for his. But his was the paint on it was clapped. It was bad. Uh, but it was wrapped. It was wrapped white. Had bronze wheels on it. Surprisingly. Uh, and uh, it also had a turbo LS, so I think that's probably why it went ah, for a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, that's that's worth it. <laughs> yeah. So it was a cool yeah. car. It 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 wheelied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they'll do that. I think. Well, but, uh, no, I just yeah, I love so... these old wagons. I just think they're cool. Don't know why. Nineteen sixty-five. Not something I am an expert in. Me either, especially from Chevy. Right. But uh, yeah, the uh, just you know sidebar the twin turbo Testros is going for ninety five grand right now. What do you think it's going to do? With a two hours ago, probably one ten. One ten. All right. I'm going right. to keep an eye on that one. <laughs> <laughs> just throw in your last second bid. Yeah. What, with up. what? What? Money, I'm just gonna pull collateral out of my house or some shit. That's fine. <laughs> Don't tell your wife, just oh. do it. <laughs> just show up with a Destrosa, yeah. And then just just <laughs> park the car. Do what so many dumbass dudes do, and they do some dumb financial stuff Ugh. to buy a car. And then they hide the car and they're too scared to drive it because they don't want to be seen in it. Oh, kind of like what I want to do with the Lotus. <laughs> well, just be honest, earn the right, earn the money, do it properly, and you'll be fine. That's the that's the real recipe for this to yeah. work out for you. Yeah. All right. And so on that note, here's how you sell it. Here's how you sell your decision to buy a stupid car to your wife. Here we or, go. Heather, or, time to turn it off. <laughs> Or this is how you sell anything to anybody, I believe. And I'm I'm saying this out of experience of selling things that I enjoy and selling things that I that I don't care about as much. And so, as I said at the beginning, and as you can see from the title, this age-old sales advice of smile when you pick up the phone is ringing true for me a lot these days. And so the the full advice goes, smile when you pick up the phone because the person on the other end of the phone can hear it. Mm-hmm. And I hope that y'all can hear that in us now that you know we have a lot of fun making this podcast and it is infectious to me when I go back and listen to it. Like I will laugh at my own jokes. I'll laugh at Dan's <laughs> jokes and we enjoy ourselves and we have a lot of fun doing this. And it's important that we have a lot of fun doing this because otherwise you wouldn't want to listen. And and it's not just a matter of being educational or inspiring or entertaining, which we're trying to be all three with every single one of these episodes but it's the fact that we don't feel like we're dragging to do it. Like this is what we want to do. That's why we're here. Right. And the same goes for sales. Mm-hmm. And you can hear differences in people's opinions about the product that they're selling based on how they're speaking on the phone. Yeah. And I will say as someone who did about a year, year and a half worth of front counter sales at a shop, our worst reviews came from people who never set foot in the store. It was, but they they talked to you on the phone. They talked to me, or they talked to somebody else at the counter, and if we didn't answer appropriately, like seriously, that's where our worst reviews. And it comes across. Oh, I called this place. They they didn't seem interested in talking to me. Like that's the worst kind of review to get. Right. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I have now come to see how important sales can be when you need to sell, when you need to be able to convince somebody to give them your money. You will do what it takes. You will learn how to make that sale a higher probability. And one of those skill sets that I have come to develop more recently is smiling when you pick up the phone. So there are a few steps in educating you on this concept of smiling when you pick up the phone that I want to run through here. And this is basically just to frame kind of my thought process around why it's important and how to do it in the best way possible. So first, why is it important to smile when you pick up the phone? Do you want to buy something from somebody who isn't enthusiastic about the product? No. Why not? Well, if my salesman isn't enthusiastic about whatever they're selling, then it must not be that exciting. Like, I I will probably not love it. If they don't love it, why would I love it? What if you wanted to buy the product before you got on the phone with that person? Like you set up an inbound sales call with this person and then they got on the phone and they were not enthusiastic. I would probably call their competitor. Exactly. You'd think about other options. You'd think, man, if this is how they're representing themselves in the sales process, how's it going to be when I'm a client, when they already have my money? Right. No thanks. So enthusiasm enthusiasm for a product improves perception. If you are excited about what you're selling, if you are positive about what you're bringing to the table, then the person buying will be more excited. The person buying will want to buy the thing that you're so excited about. So that's number one. That's number one of why it's important to do this. Number two, positivity. So basically following on from what I just said, that if you're enthusiastic, you improve perception. That perception will be more positive. Positivity creates optimism for the transaction. So now not only are you leaning into the buying decision, but your expectations for post-purchase are higher which makes it even more likely that you're going to close the sale. Yeah, you don't want your customer to have any sort of thoughts of regret. Or doubt. Or doubt, yeah. After purchasing or about to purchase the product. And if they're going, man, I really hope this works, or I don't know about this, but I'll give it a shot, or anything like that, then you are set up for failure. But if you go in with certainty, if you go in with clear understanding of what you're selling and why it's beneficial and you're enthusiastic about the product and you're enthusiastic about its benefits and you're positive that what you're bringing to the table is going to deliver for the client, then they're going to expect better. And when you expect better, you're set up to get better. You're set up to receive that better experience because you're open to it. You're, Mm -hmm. you're, confirmation bias and your filters on your perception are going to say, yeah, that was great. That's exactly what I expected it to be. Great. Number three, a good interaction is always more productive than a bad interaction. So with those first two points, you've closed the sale. But let's say you have a really difficult customer or somebody who's really just not cut out to buy whatever it is you're selling right now. Whatever it is you're selling right now might be out of their price range. It might not be the right time, whatever it is. Maybe they just aren't, aren't meant to buy right now. Shoot. They may not even understand what their product actually does or is. Yeah. But I'm in this situation, I'm more talking about like they, I don't know, want to buy a 2025 car that you're able to put down a pre-order for, but they don't know if they're going to have the money to buy it. So they don't put down the deposit. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, or or they're, you, you happen to catch somebody as they're walking out of Costco and you're the appliance demo person at Costco and you are super enthusiastic about this fridge, but their pers- that fridge works. 
but when their fridge breaks, they're going to call you. Right. Why, you know. why replace a fridge if it works? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> it's an obvious example, but that, yeah. <laughs> that is one that is like, okay, you know, that person may still listen to your sales pitch for whatever reason. They're bored on a, oh, on a no, Sunday I, afternoon. I, that's me. I listen to those sales pitches. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I, and I do that. I don't know why I do that. I, th- I think mostly because I like I like just testing salespeople. Yeah, you have an appreciation for sales when you do it. Yeah, like like, <laughs> and I and I and I tell like after they get done, I tell them like, hey, I'm just letting you know, I'm in sales and I'm and I like to learn and I like to help teach and and whatnot with you know sales pitches and and I'm like I'm not gonna buy, but I can give you some pointers or I can tell you where you did good on this. Yeah, yeah. Like when I would I'd be like I would have bought it if I needed it when you're not playing the role of a consumer and instead you're playing the role of like a sales coach, right? It, it makes those kind of interactions more fun. Uh, that's why I love door knockers too. They're yeah. fantastic. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so, so in some situations, somebody may not be in the position to buy from you in this specific moment. And that's fine. That happens sometimes. Nevertheless, you want that person to have a good interaction with you. So whether, and this happens to us a lot, somebody calls and they're looking for a body shop and they call my shop. We're not a body shop, but I make sure that the interaction that you're going to have is going to be educational. It's going to be straightforward. It's going to be positive. And so you're going to leave without having Dick us degraded our brand by saying, we're not a body shop hang up on you. Yeah. We, we get calls like that all the time too, for, um, Chrome plating. Uh huh. They always call, yeah. Hey, do you, can you guys Chrome plate? Uh, some windowsill trim for a 1965 Nova. And yeah. we're like, no, nah, <laughs> we can't. Um, but I have a couple of suggestions we could send to you uh, if that would help. You know, we, we try and help them regardless. Yeah. Yeah. So that is how you enhance your brand, which improves your ability to sell in the future. Because when you do this, when you create a good interaction out of every interaction, even people who are not buyers, and you do that through smiling on the phone and everything that comes along with it, you're creating more brand equity. And the next time that that person may need what you're selling, they're going to think of you because mm-hmm. you've created that good experience, that positive interaction. And you're doing that through smiling on the phone. I love that. I love that idea that you're creating customers even who have a wrong number. Right. That is so exciting to me that it's just think. You can, somebody who's never heard of your company accidentally dials your phone number and eventually spends money with you. That's power. Yeah, that's, you're a that's winner doing that. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, I love it. And right now, we're slow at the shop. So part of the reason for this podcast right now is the fact that I'm thinking a lot about sales. But <laughs> this is, this is huge, is the fact that the customers that we are getting right now, it's a lot of new business. It's a lot of new business from people who, just happened to see our sign on the door or they had a friend refer them or something like that. And they just, they're driving by on the freeway and they said, Oh, driven auto care has a big sign in that plaza. I'm going to call them and they Google us and they get our phone number and they make an appointment. And it's fantastic how that goes down. So every single time we are augmenting our brand equity, every single phone call that comes in, we're smiling on the phone. We have the opportunity to make that customer happy and eventually sell them something. So those are the whys that I can think of. You've got three whys. You've got, if you p- smile on the phone when you, when you pick it up, you're conveying enthusiasm for the product. That enthusiasm for the product improves your customer's perception and increases their likelihood of making a purchase. When you improve their perception towards the positive, when you say this is good, this is better, this is going to improve your situation, whatever it is, you're creating that positivity and that creates optimism for the transaction. When you have optimism for the transaction, you are more geared and more likely to enjoy the process and be satisfied with the result. If you have optimism for the transaction, And I'm specifically not saying that you have high expectations for the transaction, but you have optimism. So you expect it to go well, but you're not expecting an excellent product no matter what. 
Because if you overpromise, you're setting yourself up for failure. So when you're smiling on the phone, I'm not asking you to, to sell them the moon. I'm asking you to go into it with a positive countenance and a positive outlook on the situation and optimism for the transaction. It's different from selling somebody the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because under you, promise, yeah, over deliver. <laughs> Took the words out of my mouth. Live That's, by it, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a, a way to very quickly guarantee your failure if you do the opposite. Yeah. And that's one of the things I deal with, with my salespeople is, you know, the expectations, you know, got to keep your, your customer happy. And you also have to understand that some things are only as fast as what we can get it to you. So make sure you, you know, you're communicating that appropriately. And, you know, we know everyone's excited. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so that is the second part. And then part three of why you should smile when you pick up the phone is because even if the person you're talking to isn't a buyer, you are improving your brand equity and improving your likelihood of a future sale by having good interactions throughout the day rather than bad interactions. If you are grumpy when you pick up the phone, you're likely driving customers away. If you smile when you pick up the phone, you're bringing them in even if they're not buyers right now. Yeah, I've I've seen reviews from people who wouldn't even be a potential buyer because someone has made it a grumpy phone call. And you'll hear a lot of people who just complain about people like that. Yeah. I, they're all over the internet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Hey, are you just going to tolerate those people and, and <laughs> bitch about them? Or are you going to be proactive and get them out of the way right? and make good interactions with those people? I know what I'm doing. I'm making good interactions with those people. <laughs> it's a simple decision. All right. So how do you do this? How do you go about making sure that you're smiling on the phone every single time you pick it up? Because it's easy for me to say this. And yeah, we are always excited when we're on this podcast. But there was a time when we had a, a serious conversation about, hey, we need to bring more energy and more positivity to these podcasts because we're struggling through them. And we're not bringing value when we're doing that. And we recognize that. And we've changed the way in which we approach these podcasts so that pretty much every time you're getting a good level of energy, that you're excited to listen, and that you keep coming back and listening week after week. And that's exactly what we want for our listeners. And we knew we had to create that product for you. And that took effort. That took basically an intentional action of smiling when we got on the podcast see yeah it of definitely uh, it's definitely self-humbling you know when, when you when what when you recognize that you're you're not being energetic and you're not smiling in an audio only field you know right <laughs> like like <laughs> yeah, if you yeah. recognize that you know you have a problem yeah so and, yeah. and you can do that with sales i mean it's not even with just recording and podcasting it's the same thing selling over the phone Right. So there are three things that I believe you need to have in order to consistently smile on the phone without having to think twice about it. And this, this, these are some harsh truths for some people who may be listening to this. Oh, so you're, so you're saying it's not copious amounts of caffeine? No. Dang. <laughs> what's the, what's that going to do for you? Uh, just, That's just going to hurt, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm just making a joke, Arun. No jokes here. <laughs> so, okay, the three. Sorry, I've had copious amounts of caffeine today, so that's why I'm being so serious. <laughs> Number one, love the process. So this is, you, you've got two guys here that have a lot of experience in sales and in you know front counter calls and answering the phone and needing to try to sell people car services over the phone. And... Yeah, that is that is a big part of it is we love the process of converting somebody from a potential buyer into an actual buyer of our automotive services. And it's that process and that happening that excites us. And so we love the opportunity to have that process. You see so many business owners who hate when the phone rings. Mm-hmm. 
But isn't that your customer that keeps the lights on for you and feeds your family? Yep. And, and I used to be that way many, many moons ago. <laughs> yeah, where you're like, oh, the, I've got so much to do. I don't need the phone to keep ringing with <laughs> yeah, right. some dumbass that doesn't know what they're talking about. That's so common and it's killing your business. Mm-hmm. If you smile when you pick up the phone, you just might have better experiences. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay, so love the process. Love the fact that you, every time a customer calls, have the opportunity to convert them into a buyer. You have to love that process. Next, you have to love the outcome. So when the customer leaves, having paid you and having, you know, whatever it is, gotten their haircut, picked up their car, eaten your your muffins, whatever it is, <laughs> that you love how they react to their their experience consuming your product. Yeah, it, and I know everyone's going to say, yes, we love the outcome of, you know, cash in your pocket. But always remember the word of mouth marketing from that customer is way better. And you also get the money. Yeah, you know that too. <laughs> and, yeah. and like that is an important aspect of this is like, yeah, part of the outcome that you are trying to generate is money. That's what a business is here to do. And... So when you convert that customer, you're putting more money, whether you believe it immediately or not, into your own pocket, whether that is through the money that you are earning on commission or whether it's the way in which your business is being built so that you have the opportunity to earn more money in the future. Mm -hmm. Those are some additional outcomes that you can fall in love with that will convince you to answer the phone with a smile every time. And then the third one is you have to love the product. And this is the harsh truth. Yeah. Because I bet there are a lot of people working right now who shouldn't be in the industry that they're in because they don't actually care. Yeah, this one, it, this one's tough. This is where the most, I, when I was a career coach, I did research on these statistics that it's something like 30 to 40% of a person's work day is completely wasted. That sounds right. And... A lot of it, I believe, has to do with apathy, which is caused by not caring. Mm -hmm. And you don't care when you don't sell something that you care about. Yeah, and I struggle with this a lot when I joined the automotive industry because, you know, I've been slinging the chrome and black overlays for 10 years. And uh, do I inherently love the product? Not really. But I do understand it, and I do love the business. Well, so are, are you saying you need to face a harsh truth? Because uh, we've talked not, before about uh, also maybe, the fact. Maybe. Well, maybe soon. <laughs> we've talked about the fact that you understand what is happening when that product gets installed. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that makes this line of work sustainable for you. Yeah. I, I'm not an end user of my own products. Uh-huh. But I'm I do I do I, yeah, I know you are. <laughs> uh but but I, I do love what it's used for. Like I, right. I understand it. It's a it's a great intro, you know, aftermarket piece for someone who wants to modify a car. I love that. And yeah. it, I love that portion of it. I don't love it for me, which is fine. Yeah, that that is fine. Okay, so then I was in a business where I did not love the product. I was in a business where I sold basically financial reporting compliance. Sounds really for, for three years. Really enthralling. Tell <laughs> and me I hated more. it. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. I didn't care. And I wasted 50 plus percent of my days because I didn't care. Just, you know, staring up at the ceiling saying, screw it. On my phone, drinking coffee, going out to lunch, doing research about car parts, learning <laughs> about which shops I should go visit. Pretty much everything but doing the work I was supposed to be doing. Sounds like me in 2013 <laughs> in parts of yeah. 2014. Yeah. So I quit my job. I quit my job because I did not love the product that I was selling. Yeah. And it completely changed how I answered the phone. Because I answer the phone now with excitement, with positivity. And it makes for an easier sell every single time. And it is fantastic to be in that position where 
hell yeah, I love the product. I, I am a huge consumer of my own product. I get high on my own supply <laughs> a little too much. <laughs> and it is, it is something I can be so excited about with, with all of my end users. And I want to see how happy they are. And I want that money in my pocket because I've delivered value to them. And I want to convert people. I want to be a part of that process. So I love every part of it. And it makes it easy to smile when I pick up the phone. So those are the three ways in which you can enable yourself to consistently smile when you pick up the phone. Love the process, love the outcome, and love the product. And we do it because it makes sales easier, it makes success with the transaction easier, and it builds your brand equity. So all of those enable more sales in the future, your business to grow, your own personal financial situation to grow, and your own job and career satisfaction to improve. And so that is why you should smile when you pick up the phone. Dan, do you have anything to add to this? Yeah, subject? yeah. Uh, just everyone, uh, hold on to your seats for episode seventy-six when we uh, transition this into smile on the sales floor, because uh, what you do on the phone can be equated to what you do selling in person. You can train yourself to do the same thing. And the reason why I say seventy-six and not seventy-four is because we have a special episode coming out. But let me, let me, let's make an addendum to episode 72. Oh, so how, what are additional bullet points that we need to talk about for the sales floor? Well, that would be mostly like reading body language of the customer in front of you. Uh, that, that would be one, their tone of voice in person, the way that they look at the product in front of you, in front of them, if you're if you have something to show them, um, there's a lot of key things that you can, you can look at. And then if you're, you know, monotone on the phone and you do the same thing in, in person, they're going to ask for a new salesperson or just walk out or just leave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We can get kind of technical. And, and, and it's about one. the way you dress, the way you carry yourself, you know, are you slouched over? Are you standing up straight? Yeah. Jittery. Like there, there's lots of things. You are know, you actually smiling? Yeah, are you actually smiling? Yeah, are you, are you happy to be talking to that customer? There, there, that would be a. I'm telling you, everything you do on the phone can be transitioned into real life, except for hanging up on someone. Hey, I mean, you could kick them out of your store. You could but... just turn around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I wouldn't recommend it. But you could. They probably wouldn't like that very much. Uh, all right. In other news. I hope everybody enjoyed the Driven Diary episodes that have been coming out lately. I put out episodes 004.1.2 and 0.3 and the reason the reason <laughs> I did that obnoxious numbering was because I recorded a ton of these uh forward facing or backward facing uh selfie videos of myself basically just providing daily updates on what was happening with the shop and what was happening with my life around cars and, and my personal life just with the intention of documenting the journey in the early stages of building something big and building something great. And so for one, that holds me accountable to continue down that path. But for two, it's you look at all these influencers of today and none of them were really documenting this stage. There's one guy I know. Very Tony, few. Yeah. Tony is relentless on Instagram. Yep. Do you know him? I, I someone actually just mentioned him at a at the race on Saturday. Okay. So. so he he's a gym owner and a fitness equipment manufacturer in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And he's a badass. Yeah. I actually um, I think you've brought him up before too. Yeah. So he started his company, I believe 10 years ago, and he's in his mid thirties and he's got a mansion and a Lamborghini and a couple of <laughs> G wagons. And he's a, he's kind of a crazy guy and he has like the biggest and most badass gym in the world. It's freaking marble bathrooms and like 25 squat racks and it's Gosh, gorgeous. Dang. It's insane. And 
So that gym caught my eye. And obviously that's part of the point of the gym is it's the mo- one of the most Instagrammable places. <laughs> yeah, right. It's for the clout for sure. Yeah. But he filmed himself in those early days and he has some videos of him saying, yeah, my landlord's threatening to kick me out. I am $168,000 overdrawn in my checking account, stuff like Ooh. that. And you think, okay, that was 10 years ago. And now look where he's at. Now he's got a Ventador and two G-Wagons and a Mercedes and a mansion, I mean. And yeah, that those are material things, but also he's building businesses. He's he's growing his manufacturing business. He's established this massive gym. And all of that does take effort. Whether he's levered to the hilt, which I know he is, he took out like a $10 million loan to build that gym. <laughs> hey, you know, if you can afford it and it makes you happy. Well, and a bank will lend it to him. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he's obviously yeah. got the collateral against it. So, yeah. And it's the cash flow from his equipment manufacturing business. Right. And that's awesome. That's fantastic. He designs and manufactures fitness equipment. That's a huge business in and of itself beyond just the gym that he he built. But to hear that story of, yeah, this is where I'm at. I'm overdrawn on my bank account. You know, life sucks right now. I'm super tired. I haven't slept well in four days. That's the point of the driven diary. That's why it's called a diary. That's why it is what it is, is that it's documenting the whole journey so that people can empathize. Yeah, someone in 10 years will go back and look at that and see where Arun Kumar came from. And then they will see... Even though, like, I have always looked at these influencers of today and thought, man, they're doing something that I could never do. But is that true? I don't think so. I don't believe that anymore. And I believe that I can have a billion dollar company, that I can fly on private jets, that I can have a Lamborghini, like all the shit that I've wrote off for myself in the past. I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's insane what you can do. And, and, And this is not business related, but look at the current starting quarterback to the Chicago bears, Tyler Badgett, not even a ranked quarterback out of high school and essentially walked onto the bears and is starting. Hell yeah. (laughs) So, you know, anything can happen. He tried hard. He tried hard and, and he's playing for a professional football team. And, and I've said this before, and this is as clear as it could possibly be said, I believe, for a recipe for success in life. You figure out what you want to achieve, you figure out the steps you need to take to achieve it, and then you start taking those steps. Mm-hmm. Most people don't even get the first one done. <laughs> yeah. If you get to the third one, it's hard as fuck. And if you then going into other things that we talk about, you persevere and adapt for a decade plus, then you start to see results, the real results that you want. And you have to be prepared from the outset to make that sort of commitment. Otherwise you're going to quit because it's really fucking hard. That's what I've heard. And that is what I've come to see for myself is that this is not easy. (laughs) Nope. And, and that is why these YouTube videos are out there. So please go watch them. I'm really, I'm, I'm not proud of the document of the, of the film production, but I am proud of what I'm putting out there. But yeah, I mean, I need real cameras and ideally somebody following me around, (laughs) not a phone, phone selfie video, but that's the point. I don't have the budget for that right now. (laughs) Maybe someday. No, definitely someday. <laughs> definitely some. There's Daniel Asheville. We've talked about him also. Mm-hmm. Big YouTube channel now has a National Geographic TV show because yeah. he he's been tracking himself for the last three years on YouTube. Now he's a National Geographic TV show. Yeah, uh, Coyote Peterson. Same thing. Never heard of him. <laughs> oh, dude, he's great. Oh, you you should go watch him. Uh, he uh, he did the um, forget what the the researcher's name was but he did the sting challenge where he took all of the like like the hornets and bees and stuff and he worked his way up the table of like the worst things on the planet it's wild jesus that sounds terrible it it, some of them looked real bad Hmm. all right (laughs) like a like you know the murder hornet yeah sure (laughs) It, it, it originally wasn't on the list but he stung himself with one anyway 
stung so himself alive. with like a You're bullet right. ant. Like he traveled the entire world. Wow. And like yeah, it wild. Now he's got an Animal Planet show. There you go. And yeah, Cletus is another example. Whistling Diesel. Anyways, yeah, he's got his we, own pay per view. <laughs> we can go on and on. Right. That's uh that's all we got for your for you today. If you want to get more involved with the driven community and beyond just listening to the podcast and sharing it with your friends and leaving a review if you want, you can join us in the driven network. And you join the driven network by messaging either Dan or I on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever platform you decide to find us on, or you run into us at the SEMA show next week, which this episode will come out right after the SEMA show. So sorry. Hope hope we saw you if you wanted to say hi and uh and and you asked about the driven network and it is a invite only private discord group where we have weekly group group coaching calls we have weekly coaching lectures and we have this open discord channel where we discuss pursuit of excellence in business fitness and cars all the time every day and it is a fantastic opportunity for you to invest in the growth of yourself and your community. Um, in addition to that, if you don't get invited or you're not interested in going all out yet on the Driven Network, you can get into the open section of the Driven community on that Discord page or on that Discord channel, server, server. server. And um, that's where you will get daily motivational messages from me at 4 a.m., and I believe other channels that are active on there, like the book recommendations, book list pages up there, podcast recommendations, just other sort of educational resources that you can get involved in if you want to hear more about what has created this driven mindset in me and what can, what, how it can help you as well. With that, Dan, where can people find you to, to get in touch? I am Dan LaRue. Facebook uh, and LinkedIn, uh, Dan underscore LaRue on Instagram, which I will be posting some content on from this last weekend. And uh, TikTok as the LaRue. Uh, unfortunately, my TikTok I teased of last week didn't come to fruition. So sorry, I don't have a video currently because I didn't get any of me doing anything. So just photos. Of yeah, just winning. photos. Yeah. Uh, uh, Last week, listeners, if you've made it this far, uh, I was supposed to drive a Lotus at a roll racing event, and the supercharger decided to seize literally a half mile from the track, so I did not get to race it, but I did drive a twin-turbo Lamborghini home. There's just no video of it. (laughs) Sorry to hear that. So all the photos I took of me doing these things uh, will go on Instagram instead. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe there's a video of me driving Kyle's car. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. All right. And if you want to get in touch with me or shop our apparel that's available for sale online, you can go to wearedriven.co, not.com. And you can find me on Instagram at Arun D. Kumar or Facebook and LinkedIn at Arun Kumar. And with that, we appreciate you listening. Don't forget to smile when you pick up the phone. And until next time, stay driven.